Just a quick heads up before we jump into this week's episode. Each week, I do this thing where I send out weekly support straight to your inbox with additional inspiration, tips, and tools that will help you to heal and overcome. And I promise I will never send you any junk. I will only show up in your inbox with things that will help you to experience lots more peace, joy, and freedom. And also, if you're on my email list, you'll be the first to be notified of any special projects that I'm working on, and you'll get some amazing deals on things like my online courses. If you're like, yes, please, just head to the link in the show notes to get free weekly support from me. He always says you have to feel it to heal it. So there's this idea that we only want, we want to feel good all the time, right? We just want to feel good. That's what we desire. And when we notice these emotions that feel challenging creeping up, our first instinct is just to stuff them down. And what happens is that the more that we stuff them down, the more that they fight their way up because emotions want to be felt. That is their job. Our job is to feel them. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. All right, today is a really special episode. I have Emily with me, and she is a meditation expert, and I'm so excited. Meditation has always been something that I've loved, but is really hard for me, so I'm hoping she can make it simpler for not just me, but also all of you listening. So Emily, welcome to A Healthy Push Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So can you just start, like, give us an intro to you. Who the heck are you and what do you do? Sure. Um, So my name is Emily. I'm a meditation teacher based in Brooklyn, and I also work in live music. So I help manage a band called Big Gigantic from Colorado. I've worked in music for the last 12 years, uh, doing festivals, um, marketing bands, doing tours, booking bands at venues, really everything that you can do in the music industry. And I still have Big Gigantic, my one music client. And then I'm also partner of a company called The Big Quiet. And we host mass meditation and music experiences at iconic locations all over the U.S. So the World Trade Center, Madison Square Garden, Fenway Park, we host these really special meditation and music experiences, which really combine my two great loves, music and meditation. And um, and then I also teach. So I teach meditation via a three-day course uh, publicly and also privately. I teach meditation at companies and to teams. Um, I do one-on-one meditation coaching. So really, those are kind of my three worlds, music, meditation, and then big quiet, which is kind of the combination of both. That is amazing. So, so cool. Like I'm interested in all of this, but I love how all of it like intertwines and you get to do like so many of your passions all together. So yes, I'm very lucky. (laughs) Yeah. So let's start off very basic because I know there's a lot of talk and information about meditation, but can you just give us like a, what is meditation and what are some benefits of practicing it? 
Yeah. So I think meditation gets kind of a bad rap because I think that what we think of when we think of meditation is we think that we have to clear our mind and be completely still and have no thoughts and feel totally calm. And this is just not a reality. Uh, So what meditation actually is, is spending time with ourselves, noticing what's happening in the mind, noticing what's happening in the body and sitting with it, being okay with it. Um, there are so many different styles of meditation. It's really, it's such a broad category. It's almost like exercise. You know, there's spin, there's bar, there's hiking, there's walking slowly. There's a kind of exercise for everybody. And I really believe meditation is the same. Um, if you're someone who doesn't want to sit down with your eyes closed, there are walking meditations and cooking meditations. If you're someone who prefers complete quiet and stillness, you know, there's Buddhist meditation, there's silent meditation. If you, you know, want to practice certain breathing skills, there's tons of breath work you can do. So there are so many different things to do. And I really think that meditation is about choosing to spend time with ourselves and noticing kind of what happens in the body and in the mind and, and training the body and the mind to be more present. Um, and we can just do this in so many different ways. So I really think meditation is about, you know, building that relationship with what's truly happening, not with trying to feel calm, but just noticing what's happening um, and, and being okay with it and knowing that that's part of being a human being. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that you called out, you know, that it is so broad. There are so many different ways that you can practice it. Because I know when I first got into meditation, I was like, oh, you need to sit in stillness and it needs to be super quiet and it needs to look like this. And I just, there were so many things, right? Like I sucked at it to start with, but like that just wasn't the best form of meditation for me and my personality. And so I'm glad that you pointed that out. That's huge. Um, so can you talk about like, what are the benefits of practicing meditation? Oh my gosh, there are so many. Um, so, you know, one of the main things that's an issue in our lives is stress and stress is responsible for so much of the disease that we have. It's responsible, um, for so much of the way that we feel that's not ideal. Um, and so the first thing, and maybe the biggest thing that meditation does is it helps combat the effects of stress. So when our body is stressed, a lot of different things happen in the body physiologically that aren't that healthy for us. And when we're able to practice meditation, we kind of like turn off that stress response and we start turning on a response in the body that's coming from sort of this calmer, deeper place. And we feel better inside. I mean, physically, what starts to happen is that the heart rate slows and the blood pressure drops, the breathing becomes less shallow um, and more relaxed. We start to get dopamine and serotonin released instead of cortisol. Um, Our digestive systems and reproductive systems and immune systems all strengthen and work better. And that's just kind of like, okay, what's happening physiologically, no matter how I feel. Um, And then there's sort of the other side of it, which is like the, the more emotional side, which is that we start feeling calmer and more present Um, We keep, we train the mind to come back to the present moment. And so we're able to stay more present in our lives, enjoy our lives more. Um, We become more adaptable to change. We have more patience. Our memory strengthens, able to focus more. Um, There's been amazing studies that have to do with anxiety and depression and PTSD and addiction. All the symptoms of those um, sort of starting to be alleviated by meditation. So 
um, it's instead of like, what does it do? It's almost like, what doesn't it do? (laughs) Um, You know, there's just, there's just so many tangible benefits um, to the practice. Yeah, I love that. It's so, so, so true. And we'll get, we'll dive into a little bit more so that people can understand like the actual benefits too. So I see and hear this all the time and felt the same way when I started practicing meditation was that I sucked at it and that it just didn't work for me. Like I always landed on the idea meditation doesn't work. And for me, I used it a lot when I was struggling with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. And you know, of course, when you're dealing with those things, you have a lot of cortisol present, you have a lot of stressors, like all that stuff. And when I was practicing it, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but like, this is just not working. And I know a lot of people say that, like, whether it's mindfulness, you know, meditation, it just doesn't work. So do you have thoughts on why people land on the idea that it doesn't work? Yes. I think that we've just been kind of like fed these lies, which I don't know where we get them, popular culture, media, whatever it is. We just have this idea that when we sit down to meditate, if we're doing it right, our, our mind clears and we feel calm. That's kind of like the only idea we have about meditation. And this is just not what happens. I don't, I don't know who started this rumor. Um, but, you know, human beings think up to 90,000 thoughts per day. So, you know, to think that we would just sit down and the first couple times we try to meditate, the mind goes blank and we just kind of like float away on some Zen lily pad. This is not going to happen. Um, and so I think the first thing is just kind of, rejiggering our expectations around what the med- what the meditation experience could and should and can look and feel like. Um, because so much of the time, sitting in meditation is about unstressing the body. And one of the ways that the body and the mind release stress is by feeling agitated and thinking a lot of thoughts. And so if you sit down to meditate, you try, okay, I'm going to try meditation today. You sit down to meditate, you close your eyes, and you start having all these thoughts. The mind immediately starts judging ourselves. We immediately start saying, you're so bad at this. How could you be thinking? Oh, my God, you're such a terrible meditator. Why even try to do this? And we just spiral. And instead, what we can practice is sitting down, closing our eyes. All the thoughts start, and we think to ourselves, wow, the mind is really busy today. Okay, back to the meditation. And as many times as we notice the thoughts are coming up, we feel distracted, we feel agitated, we notice it. And we bring ourselves back. And this is the process. It's why it's called a practice. We're literally training the mind. And over time, you will not only become more comfortable sitting in stillness without distraction, but the mind will become used to returning to the present moment. And so it becomes less distractible over time. Um, and I think this, this is a big one is, is that sitting, especially in the beginning, can feel really uncomfortable we are very used to constant distraction, screens, email, news, social media, you know, all this incoming information that when we sit quietly, the, the body and mind start to freak out. They're like, wait, 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 where's my distraction? What's going on? Um, and it can feel really uncomfortable. So just, just for people listening, you know, if you've tried to meditate and you've had tons of thoughts, you felt restless or anxious or agitated or uncomfortable, you're doing it perfectly. These are all normal experiences to have. And our only job in meditation is to notice they're happening and just return to the meditation, return to the guidance or the sound or whatever style of meditation it is um, through a gentle process where we don't chastise ourselves. We just accept it as so normal 
and bring ourselves back to the meditation. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was so good. I wish, you know, somebody had told me that when I first started off, like you're going to suck at this. And also it's not going to feel good because I think anytime, right, you're training your brain to respond differently it then pushes back and is like, no, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. Like, stop doing this. And it's just like, that's why you have to practice it because you're teaching your brain a different way of responding. And two, it's just like you said, it's so hard sitting in stillness because we are constantly bombarded. And I love how in the beginning you talked about that, you know, you can do mindfulness or meditation with cooking or, you know, like I talk about even with eating. Cause it's like oh, yeah. so many times I'll just sit down to eat a meal and I find myself like, you know, looking at reels on Instagram and I'm like, stop, like, don't do that. Like, you know, yeah. just focus on eating and like, what does your food taste like? You know, what do you smell? Like, I'll, it's just, it sounds so silly, but these are the really small shifts, right? That your brain starts making these connections of like, oh, this is what it's like to live in the present moment. Like this actually feels quite nice. (laughs) Yeah. And you notice, I mean, you'll notice like the enjoyment of the meal skyrockets when you're not shoving it in your face on your computer. Um, The sound director of the Big Quiet, Jackie Cantwell, she does an amazing little gratitude meditation before every single meal she eats. The meal will come or she'll cook it. She'll close her eyes and she'll just, you know, in just a few moments, think about everything that had to happen to get this food to her plate. You know, Mm. the sun and the soil all growing these vegetables and seeds, the weather, the farmers, you know, the people that transported it, the stores where she bought it and then to make it. And, you know, just feeling a lot of gratitude for that process of, wow, this incredible meal is in front of me. You know, take a deep breath. And then it's like, how much more enjoyable is this meal than, you know, scarfing it, standing up, typing an email, you know? Right. Oh, that is so cool. I love that. I love that you shared that. Thank you. So I know like a lot of people that are listening obviously struggle with anxiety, panic, or agoraphobia. So like we talked about, you know, their systems are probably constantly being bombarded with cortisol. And like when you're trying to do something like meditation, it can feel really hard because it almost like starts to, like we talked about, bombard your system with even more feelings of like discomfort. And I know that when you are struggling with an anxiety disorder and you feel that discomfort, your immediate reaction, right, is to like push away. Like, no, I'm going to stop doing this. This is clearly not a good thing for me to be doing. And I want to go back to something you said in the beginning, because a lot of people have questions about this. I get a lot of questions about it. You said when you're meditating, a lot of it is about sitting with it and being okay with it. Like, can you talk about that? Like, what does that mean? Yes. Oh, it's so hard to do, isn't it? You know, <laughs> we just want to feel good. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, this, this is really a teaching that I learned from my partner at The Big Quiet, Jesse Israel. He always says you have to feel it to heal it. So mm. there's this idea that we only want, we want to feel good all the time, right? We just want to feel good. That's what we desire. And when we notice these emotions that feel challenging creeping up, our first instinct is just to stuff them down. And what happens is that the more that we stuff them down, the more that they fight their way up because emotions want to be felt. That is their job. Our job is to feel them. And so when we're able to allow the emotions to come, almost welcome them, um, let them know that it's okay to be there and, and really tell ourselves that it's okay to feel this emotion. We know that 
every emotion is temporary. We've never felt one emotion forever. And so knowing that it will pass can almost enable us to feel it because we know it won't last forever. So, you know, if we're sitting in meditation and we start, you know, the start, the heart starts to beat fast we start to kind of breathe more shallowly. We feel like we're almost starting to panic. There's, you know, there's a feeling of anxiety rising in the chest. We feel tight. We start feeling all these things. Our first instinct is to completely fight it and freeze. And instead, if we're able to say to ourselves, just noting it, okay, wow, okay, the chest is feeling a little tight. Okay, the, the breath feels kind of shallow. You know, this, this feels uncomfortable. Okay, all right, back to the meditation. You know, if we can notice it, and, and welcome it without fighting it. It's it's so paradoxical, but that's the moment that it starts to pass. Um, and and so I'm really just such a believer in sitting with challenging emotions, especially in meditation, because we're practicing feeling a challenging emotion and not getting completely derailed by it. And so when we open our eyes, we're able to start bringing the skill into our life. We're you know in a meeting and we start to feel some anxiety and panic and we say to ourselves, okay, no problem. Chest is getting tight, heart's racing. Okay, I know this will pass and we're okay. And so I really think this is one of the most transferable skills of meditation is realizing that the emotion isn't gonna kill us, that it's okay to welcome it in, it's going to pass and really starting to bring that mindset and that practice into life when our eyes are open too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So good. Like I'm saying this at everything, but like, you're just like, it's, it's the information you're giving is so helpful. So a big thing that I teach is that, you know, you have to practice this stuff when you're not anxious. Cause I think often our default, right. Is like, I feel anxious. Let me go to the coping mechanism or let me do meditation. And it's like, Ooh, maybe if you had a little bit more practice with it, your brain would then start to kind of do it on its own without you having to force it, right? So like, it's such a beautiful thing when you start to practice it, your brain learns a new way of responding. And then it's like, okay, like, let's do this thing because that thing is clearly really helpful when we're feeling anxious. Exactly. I think a lot of people think of and use meditation almost like a little Band-Aid. So like, I feel anxious right now. Let me put a Band-Aid on it with meditation. And what I always recommend to my clients and students is looking at it more as a foundation. Um, It's a practice that you have foundationally that you really start building up. And so not only can you respond better in those moments of stress, but you actually start having less of those stressful moments because your nervous system is more regulated and you're more used to um, keeping yourself calm in stressful situations. So you not only respond to stress differently, but you actually start feeling less of it overall because the body is out of that stress response. So it's not just for sort of in the moment stress. It's really Um, you know, ideally it's a daily practice and it doesn't have to be, you know, hours in meditation. We're all busy people. We have lots going on in our lives. Five or 10 minutes a day is life-changing. Two minutes a day is life-changing. I always say it's better to meditate for two minutes every day than, you know, 30 minutes once a week. It's really about the daily practice that I think is, is the game changer. Yeah. Oh, I so agree with that. That is so true. So, if somebody is like, okay, I this sounds appealing, like you're selling it to me. This sounds like something that might be beneficial to me. Like, how do you start this? Like, how do you become a meditator? And this might be a trick question, but how do you do it without sucking at it? <laughs> yeah. Well, the first thing is, is I guess, you know, 
we, we say like sucking at it or I'm bad at it. And, and there really is no bad meditator. We just have experiences that feel good and experiences that feel less good, but both are, are good meditation experiences. Um, anytime that we're attempting to practice meditation, stillness, mindfulness, these are good experiences. Um, what's cool about a lot of the meditation research is that it actually doesn't matter how you feel in the moment of meditation. If you are practicing meditation, a guided meditation, a sound meditation, a mantra meditation, if you sit down to practice, you still get the same benefit. Um, there's a lot of science that shows that the feeling of the actual experience isn't what gives you the benefit. It's the practice. So just know that even if it feels stressful, you're still doing something calming for your body and mind. It's, it's a hard sort of bridge to get across, but no matter how it feels, it's doing good. Um, I had a teacher that says it doesn't always feel good, but it always does good. And this is really true. So the thing I will say about, you know, sort of being bad at it and sucking at it also is, you know, it will feel challenging in the beginning. This is something new. It's like, if you said like, okay, I'm going to learn to play guitar. And then the first day, if you couldn't like play a full song, you're like, oh, well, I'm bad at this. I guess I'll stop. Um, we're beginners in this. We're trying something totally new. And so I think we just, we need to let ourselves be beginners. We have to let ourselves be new at something and not expect, you know, perfection off the bat. This is something totally new that we're trying. So there's a big amount of self-compassion and self-love that has to go into starting a practice to just give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Like you're trying this new and, and challenging thing. And so just being proud of yourself for even trying, I think is kind of the first step. Um, and then to really not put expectations on yourself of, you know, what you think it should feel like or what you want it to feel like and just being accepting of whatever the experience is. And this helps us in life too. You know, our, exper our, our expectations are often unmet by life. So having this sort of go with the flow attitude about, I, I don't really know what's going to come up, but I'm, I'm going to try to roll with it either way. This is a great attitude as a, as a new meditator. Um, yeah. So what I, one of the things that I think is really important is that people are open to different styles that they, I, I tell clients to date around. It's like, you're looking for the one or the few that you really connect with. And so I think you have to date different styles of meditation, different meditation teachers. You know, there are so many different resources out there, um, for you, a lot of them free. And I think that, each person is just going to connect differently with different styles, different teachers, different sounds of people's voices. Um, I remember when I first started, there was this teacher that I absolutely fell in love with. I just loved her voice. I loved everything she said. And when I would look and try different teachers, you know, one of them would have, you know, a voice that annoyed me or they would say words that I didn't resonate with. And, and, and so if you're finding, you know, ones that don't necessarily feel like your style or feel like something that you like, just keep looking because there are just so many different kinds of people doing this work. And some people might really like the meditations I guide. Some people might think that my voice is the most annoying thing they've ever heard, you know, and that's totally fine. But I really do believe that there's a teacher and a practice and a style out there that can help absolutely everybody. And so I, I would just say, don't, don't give up after a few bad dates. Just, just keep at it. <laughs> uh, keep looking for the one. <laughs>
I love that. And it really, I think too, you have to dedicate, and it sounds like you have, to being like a lifelong learner, right? Like I'm a student, I'm just going to keep, you know, educating myself and keep learning, keep trying. And yeah, like you might go through, you know, three, four teachers until you find one that you really land on and like, and that's okay. Like it's, you know, it's all about your learning style and what you prefer and what, you know, like you said with the voice, I can totally resonate with that. Like (laughs) even if I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast, I'm like, oh no, I don't think I can do this. (laughs) So um, okay, I would love love because I know people are probably like, okay, like you sold me. Like meditation sounds like something I might want to try, but like I really don't even know where to start. So I think that it'd be really awesome if you could actually walk us through a short meditation and maybe specifically for anxiety so that people can start to get an idea of like, what am I looking for? What does it actually look like? Like what is supposed to happen? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We'll just do a quick practice. And I'll, I'll just explain a bit about it first so you know what to expect. So um, we're going to do a breathing practice together that is my number one favorite breathing exercise for anxiety. I use it myself all the time. I also use it to help fall asleep at night. It's deeply calming. It's called 478 breathing. And in this breathing practice, I'll guide you through it. But what you do, just so you know, is you inhale through your nose for four counts. You hold your breath for seven counts and you exhale through your mouth for eight counts. And together we're gonna do it twice. Um, And then we'll just do a short visualization exercise that I also use for anxiety. Um, So if you are completely new to meditation, do not worry, this is completely entry level. You don't need any experience. Um, If it is comfortable for you and you're not already sitting, it would be great if you sat down and you sat somewhere comfortable, like a couch or a chair, or propped up in bed um, with some back support if possible. And if you are in an environment where it is okay to do so, it would also be great if you closed your eyes. You don't have to, but I invite you to. So once you find a seat that you like, and you're welcome to move at any point to get comfortable, we are just gonna completely let go of our expectations and preferences, expectations about what might happen or how we might feel And we're just okay with whatever comes up. It's meditation roulette. We never know what to expect. So we're going to start just by taking a deep breath in through our nose, filling up the belly, feeling the chest expand, and we'll release it through our mouth, letting the shoulders fall down the back. Again, in through the nose, air flowing into the belly and coming up into the chest and release through the mouth. One last time in through the nose, belly filling up the chest, feeling it expand, holding at the top and release. And on the inhale, we'll get ready for four, seven, eight, So we'll inhale through the nose for one, two, three, four. Hold for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale it out through the mouth for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Last one in through the nose for one, two, three, Four, hold for one, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven. Exhale through the mouth for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One big inhale and a big exhale out, letting the shoulders fall down the back. And you can let your breath just return to whatever rhythm feels the most natural for you. In and out at your own pace. And we'll just invite the body to soften a little bit. The shoulders coming away from the ears. The jaw unclenching. Any tension in the face starting to relax. The hands becoming heavy in the lap. And for just a few moments, as we breathe in and out through the nose at our own pace, as we breathe in, we'll picture a balloon expanding in our bellies, filling up with fresh oxygen. And as we breathe out through the nose, we'll picture that same balloon contracting, shrinking. And we'll do this for just a few rounds of breath in and out at our own pace, really visualizing this expanding and contracting. On the inhales, filling the body up, seeing this balloon start to stretch out and fill up with all of that air. And as we breathe out, really visualizing that balloon shrinking all the way down until it's tiny inside of our bellies. And if the mind is wandering, just lovingly inviting it back into the body and into the breath for this expansion and contraction, this cycle moving like a wave through the body. And we'll do three of these together and hold them at the top. So exhale all of the air out of your lungs and inhale through the nose, deeply filling up the whole body, expanding the chest to make room for this air and release it out, contracting the belly back in, pushing out all of that air Second one, inhale through the nose, feeling the belly and the lungs and the chest fully expand. And exhaling it out, feeling the body shrink back in. Last one, deepest one, in through the nose, this balloon inside of our bodies feeling totally, totally up to the tippy top of air 
and exhale it out, letting the lungs return to normal, feeling the balloon inside the belly shrink. And again, just letting the breath return to its natural rhythm. Wiggling the fingers and the toes, the wrists and the ankles. Stretching the arms up overhead if that feels good. Maybe rolling the head around the neck. And as you feel ready with no rush, you can slowly start to flutter the eyes open and just notice how it feels to have brought all of this good fresh oxygen into the body. Just taking note of however you might be feeling and knowing that however you're feeling is perfect and knowing that however you're feeling you just did something good for your body and your mind by slowing down the nervous system, inviting in deeper, more intentional breaths, um, and just remembering that these practices are available any time of the day. Um, that was five minutes. So we all have five minutes. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really available to us if we carve out a little bit of time for it. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. It's just like so wild within the first, you know, 10 seconds of you walking us through that. It's just like I, you start to notice like my jaw became unclenched, like my shoulders dropped and it's just like that release and allowing your nervous system to just like relax and you know, you said it like the perfect moment. If you find your mind wandering, gently bring it back. And it's like, it does. It happened to me, you know, several times when you were doing the meditation practice and that's okay. Like just allowing you to acknowledge that's happening and gently bring yourself back is so huge. So thank you. I, I need this in my life every day, right? I'm like slowly committed to it. And it, it's, you're so right. Like I used to do the thing of, okay, I have time today. I'll do meditation for 10 minutes. And it was like so much more manageable for me to do it two minutes every day. And so, you know, that's what I stick to. I don't know that I'll ever be a meditator for, you know, 20 minutes a day and that's okay. It works for me what I do now. So I'm sticking with it. So I so appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing all of your knowledge and doing the exercise with us. I have found it so helpful and I hope all the listeners has have too. So if people want to find and connect with you further and learn more from you, where can they find you, Emily? Yes. So I would say the best place to find you right now is probably on Instagram. My handle is Emily J Kess, K-E-S-S. Um, I share a lot of content there, a lot of guided practices, a lot of meditation tips. I'm also on TikTok, Emily Meditates. And then my website, uh, emily-kessler.com has some course offerings and some more information on meditation. Um, and I really encourage anyone listening, if you're curious about meditation, if you want resources or tips or things to try, um, please send me a contact uh, info through my website, send me a DM on social media. It's my favorite thing to do to introduce people to practices that will help them. So um, my inbox is very open to you and I would love to connect with you. 
Oh, thank you. I love that you're so passionate about it and you can clearly tell. So keep sharing all the amazing stuff you do. I know so many will find it so helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. And before I end this episode, I want to mention that I'd really appreciate it if you shared this episode or any others with somebody who you feel could benefit from what I share here. You sharing these episodes is what helps me to reach and support others who need it. And if you have an extra minute in your day today, I'd also really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. I read every single review and this too is what helps me to help more people to heal and overcome. All right, until next time, friend, keep taking healthy action. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.